Many dream high. 
Oh, your grace so 
that we are yours. Help us know, Father. Help us to know the surpassing love that you have for us. Your love that is without end. Help us to know, Lord. Open our hearts. Open our minds and speak to us and help us to know.
Please be seated. Father, it's an awesome thing to contemplate your love for us. To think about not only the depths of your love in sending Christ, but the length and breadth of your love. Thank you. We thank you for your, that your love reaches into our lives every single day. And that you're, in your love you call us to bring to you all the burdens and, and the concerns, the struggles as well as the praises of our hearts. So even as we have sung your praises, we bring to you our concerns. We pray, Father, for all among us who are grieving today, and we think especially of the Emmett family, and your comforting presence be upon them. We pray for all who are struggling with health issues, those who are close to us, those connected to us, and others. Bring your healing grace into their lives as you alone can do. Father, we pray for uh, the, uh, the struggles that we deal with in our relationships. We pray that you will heal what might be broken. Help us to trust you as we think about the future. We pray that you will help us in our financial needs. And as we sense perhaps a little bit of feeling overwhelmed as the semester has begun... We pray that you will give us grace to complete the task before us, to learn, to understand. Father, we we pray for uh, the ministries not only of this church, and we thank you for the way that we connect to each other and help each other, but also the churches around us. We pray for Peace Wesleyan Church today down in Levant, Pastor Clayton. We ask that you would pour out your blessing on this congregation of believers. May they know your grace to them, that they would bear witness of you to their community. Father, we think of our nation, the divisiveness in our nation. We pray that you would bring healing. We pray, Father, for the people down in Houston, all along the Gulf Coast, who have been devastated by this hurricane. We pray for those who are grieving We pray for those who have lost so much, for those who are wondering where to even go with the next stages of their lives. And we ask that you will bring your grace to bear, your presence to bear in the midst of the despair. We pray that your people would be a loving presence to help and to bring hope. Father, we pray for our world. The world is so much turmoil and War and threats of war, another test in North Korea yesterday. Father, we pray you'd bring peace in the midst of our, our, our warring nations. We pray for refugees who struggle to find a place to live, a safe place. And Father, we pray for the, the work of your church around the world. We pray for Stacia Niver and Jackie Algiers. They have just begun new experiences of following you to various places of the world. And we ask that your grace would be upon them. Give them strength, help them, encourage them, keep them safe. And may they continue to bear witness of you. And we pray for our brothers and sisters in Uganda today. As they have dealt with a very difficult past, 
Many of them are still dealing with a difficult present. The opposition around them, threatening them, harassing them. We pray that you would protect them and give them strength. And may they know of our love and our prayers this day. Father, as we embark on this Christian Life Emphasis Week, we pray for your anointing upon the church, the campus, the wider community. Pray for Dr. Grippen as he comes to speak to us this morning and throughout this week. May your anointing be upon him in a powerful way. That he would sense your grace and your mercy speaking through him. And may we have ears to hear and hearts that are open to you. Because we believe you want to do something spectacular in us and in this place. We give these times to you and look forward to what you're going to do. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers today and always. We offer this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Wow, excuse me. Good morning, everybody, brothers and sisters of our heavenly King, Um, I've been given the gracious honor to read the word of God. Um, Before I do so, I I just want you guys, I, I want to encourage you guys, don't ever lose the wonder that God placed in your heart. Don't ever lose that. Become like little children and always, always run to the Father. I'll be reading Romans 8, 18 through 21. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And that's who we are. Thanks be to God. I want to just uh, mention a, a couple of things to you. There are some inserts in your bulletin about Sunday school and ways you can get involved in ministry and serving one another. Uh, the Sunday school is going on right now primarily, though we do have a class that's uh, primarily geared to college students, though anyone's welcome to come. Uh, it's just sort of a life-sharing kind of group, and we'll be meeting in the community room Uh, or in the uh, CE building, just down the hall, out this way. If you are interested, ask somebody, uh, usher somebody in the back. We'll help you, direct you over there to the building. Love to have you be a part of that. This is a small discussion class or a discussion group about uh, just what God is doing in our lives and uh, and, uh, sharing our lives with him, uh, with each other, about him in us. Also, um, if you want to be involved in ministry, children, youth, adults, college students, you want to do music, you want to teach, Whatever you want to do, we'd love to have you involved and love to have you be a part of using your gifts in this place. So you can check the the boxes on the sheet, drop in the offering plate a little later or in the box in the back. And you can always uh, check on our website as well and we have information there for you. And also there's an insert about the nursery as well if you're interested in being a part of that. Uh, This is the beginning of Christian Life Emphasis Week and I want to introduce our speaker to you. Uh, Over 25 years of uh, ministry service. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Meredith Lee Griffin Jr. is a senior and founding pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in suburban Wilmington, Delaware. In addition to this pastoral role, Dr. Griffin has served as adjunct instructor at a variety of institutions, 
He holds a variety of leadership positions in the Chesapeake District of the Wesleyan Church and also serves as leader of black and African-American ministries in the Wesleyan Church. He is also very active in community service as an elected member of the local school board and as a board member of a variety of educational initiatives. He holds a bachelor's degree in finance from Hampton University, a master of divinity degree from Biblical Theological Seminary, and a doctor of ministry degree from Regent University. He lives in Newark, Delaware with his wife, Doris. They have two college-age children, Rolanda and Meredith. We are excited to have him here uh, with us today. As you see on the back of your bulletin, you see the schedule of uh, the rest of the, the next few days as he'll be speaking in chapel. Monday, Tuesday is a different chapel than normal. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and also tonight, Monday night, Tuesday night. And just note, tomorrow night, Monday night, we're meeting in the basement of the campus center for a coffee house. It's kind of a discussion, interaction session. We're excited about having him here and sharing uh, the word of God with us. I just want to mention, too, maybe this is the first Sunday you've worshipped here. We're happy to have you here. If you're coming back, we're happy to have you back. And uh, glad to have you part of this worship time here today. And look forward to interacting with you and worshipping with you over the course of the, next, of the semester and the next year. Let me invite you just to take a moment, just stand. Let's share a word of greeting with each other uh, as we continue in worship. Good morning. So you heard in the introduction, I have two children. I have a son and I have a daughter. Both of them are now college students. And one of them in particular, one is a senior and one is a freshman. One has been wrestling with some tests that she has to actually pass in order to not only graduate, but to become a teacher. She's an elementary education major. And as part of her journey in trying to wrestle with getting through some of these national tests that she has to pass, believe it or not, she began to lose hope. So much so that about a year ago, she came and had a conversation with her mother and I and said she wanted to change her major. She didn't want to any longer, although she has always desired to be a teacher, she didn't any longer want to be an education major. She was going to change her major to general studies because she just had to be done with college. And so you can imagine the faces of my wife and I as we said to her, no, that's really not what you want to do, but I can hear that you are at the end of your rope. You are losing hope. And so we tried to find different ways to encourage her and to make a long story short and a short story even shorter. She is about to complete her undergraduate studies and she'll be working as a teacher. But I say all of that to say to you that 
I believe that there's not a person in here, whether you are a student or a parent, whether you work at the college or you work somewhere else, there's not a person among us who is not at one time or another in our lives found that our hope was waning. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said that we must live with finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And so what I find myself sharing with my daughter on more than one occasion are the words that Paul actually spoke or wrote and we read or was read in our hearing earlier that what you're going through right now, let me stop for a moment and, and share this with you. I, I have this version of scripture that I believe one day the Lord may just anoint me to kind of pin in much the same way that Eugene Peterson did the message. I call it the Griffin paraphrase. So it might not sound exactly the way it's written in the King James or in the NLT or in the ESV, but believe me, the gist of it is there. And so what I share with her and I share with us all here is no matter what it is you're going through right now, I can tell you that it pales in comparison with the glory that God desires to reveal in all of us. And I say that for this reason alone, because we as believers in Jesus Christ, believe it or not, with all that's going on in our country, with all that we are reading about or hearing about, we are the people who have to have hope. We are the people who have to not only have it for ourselves, but we must be able to bring it to one another. So this morning, for the time that I have allotted, I want to talk about the fact that I believe hope is here. Without regard to what it might look like, hope is here. Paul not only wrote those words that, you heard this morning in Romans that I believe absolutely give us all an attitude of gratitude and ought to engender in all of us this feeling of overwhelming hope. But he wrote a letter to one of his sons in ministry, Titus. And in that letter, I believe he also gives us a glimpse into what it ought to look like for us as we wrestle against what can be from time to time waning hope. So he says to him in chapter 2 of Titus, beginning at verse number 11, for the grace of God has been revealed. Stop. For the grace of God has been revealed. In other words, the, the thing that we're looking for is already here. The grace of God has been revealed when God himself decided that his love for us was without bound to the point that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to not only dwell among us, but to give his life as ransom for our sin. The grace the unmerited favor of God in that moment was revealed. And then he says, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to live from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope. 
to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm a pastor, I have to stand up every Sunday morning and at least one time during the week and share with a room of people why we ought to have hope. So you can imagine how I feel in those moments when I'm asking myself, God, where is the hope? Lord, when I'm I'm looking at all the stuff that's going on and now I got to stand up, where is the hope? When you find yourself wrestling with the course or you find yourself wrestling in a relationship, I know I'm not the only one. Where is the hope? Hope is here. And so the first thing I want to say to us all this morning is that we have to fight against the absence of hope. Believe it or not, if we allow our hope to wane for too long, If we allow ourselves to not remind ourselves not only where our hope comes from, but that hope in us as believers in Jesus Christ ought spring eternal, we can find ourselves dealing with the absence of hope. And the absence of hope can engender in us certain feelings. I don't know if you have ever experienced it, but if you go without hope too long, you might find yourself languishing in despair. When is this going to end? Now, I live in Delaware, so we actually probably have a more full calendar of the seasons than you probably do in this part of the country. It, it, it snows sometimes. Every now and again, we'll get a blizzard. But, but I, I probably believe here, you probably still have snow well into springtime. Am I right? For me, that would probably sometime about March, when there's still snow on the ground, lead me to say something like, Lord, when is this going to end? Can we see some grass, even the brown stuff? It doesn't matter. When is it going to end? See, the absence of hope can lead us to having feelings of despair as though what we find ourselves in is never going to end. But remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 19. It really doesn't matter what it looks like right now. Because what you find yourselves in, no matter what the suffering may be, it pales in comparison to what God has the intention to do in and through us in the end. We have to fight against the absence of hope. Because the absence of hope leads us to despair. And if we despair for far too long, then that can lead us to leaning to our own understanding rather than trusting God. Now, I'm going to ask this question, but it's actually a rhetorical question. I don't expect that you'll answer it here aloud this morning, but wrestle with it in your mind. Have you ever found yourself with waning hope to the point of despair where all of a sudden every door looked like the exit? 
You were in a job that you really did not like or you were in a relationship that you were hoping would be over. You found yourself in a financial situation for far too long and you were waiting for something else to come your way. And so because you had been there so long and you did not have hope, remember, Dr. King said we have to live with finite disappointment but never lose our infinite hope. Remember that Paul said that it really doesn't matter what it looks like now. God has more. But because you were in it and you forgot to remind yourself that while weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning, you take the very next thing smoking. Whatever it is. Now, I say in my church that confession is good for the soul. Bad for the reputation, but good for the soul. So I have to admit here this morning that there have been moments in my life where I have actually taken the very next thing only to find myself in a situation worse than the one I was in before. We have to fight against the absence of hope. The next thing that I need us to understand is that we all long for hope. And it's not just us, but the world longs for hope. Paul said that all of creation is groaning for the revelation for the sons of God to be revealed that the world has hope itself, that something's going to be different, that it finds itself in a situation not of its own doing and it desires that things get better. We all long for hope and our longing for hope is satisfied in Jesus Christ. I want to read this to you. Titus chapter number two, verse 11, I read again. He says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. My longing for whatever it is. That hope that I have been longing for, I as a believer in Jesus Christ ought never have to wonder or question where do I look to find it. Because my hope is the old song that we sing in church goes, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but in total or wholly lean on Jesus' name. The grace, the unmerited favor, the grace, the love without bound, the grace of God has been revealed. Hope, I don't care what they say on the news. Hope, I know Jesus. I don't care what it looks like. Hope, Jesus is my salvation. I don't care what it looks like. Hope, I have hope in God through Jesus Christ. That's how we encourage ourselves. That's how we battle against a waning hope. That's how we fight against the absence of hope. Now watch this. Because the question ought come to your mind. Okay, preacher, I I, I get it. We fight against the absence of hope. We have 
to fight against the absence of hope. If I am going to be able to live the life that God has charged me to live, I've got to fight against the absence of hope. I get it that we all hope and that our hope is satisfied in Jesus Christ. But so what? I'm glad you asked the question. We fight against the absence of hope. We have to continue to remind ourselves that our hope is satisfied in the revelation of God's grace, who is Jesus Christ. Because we, and by we I mean the church, we, and by the church I mean us, we are the hope of the world. Through Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? That means that if we don't get it right, they can't get it right. That means if we don't become, listen at what Paul said, for the whole of creation. That's not just governments. For the whole of creation. That's not just New York or Delaware. That's not just the East Coast or the West Coast. That's not just the United States or North America. The whole of creation groans eagerly awaiting. And I believe that translates for me anyway to mean they've got this hope that in some way, someday, that those who are called by the name of Jesus Christ are going to stand up and be the church that God called us to be. But we can't do that unless and until we first in ourselves battle against the absence of hope. Listen, I don't know what your morning routine is. I don't know how you begin your day, but I begin my day in a certain way. You know, you kind of got what you do. And on those days where we didn't fall asleep with the television on, we used to wake up and the first thing we would do would be to turn the television on. Now, I'm the kind of guy... My television is on one of two one of two things. ESPN, one, two, or you, or it's on CNN or MSNBC. Period. Those are literally there's a groove on the remote control for those numbers. But I need to tell you that in this season, I'm more of an ESPN guy than I am a CNN, MSNBC guy. Because I've, let me stop, let me back up for a moment. I'm also a Philadelphia sports fan, so there's there's not always the hope I want there either. (laughs) But there's more hope there than I can often find on the other stations. And so I've, I've had to change my routine. And sometimes in order for us to fight against the absence of hope, we have to change our routine. So rather than waking up in the morning and saying, what is the commentator on some network saying? We have to wake up in the morning and say, God, what have you said? What would you speak to me today and allow you and your word to be the filter through which I see all of the other things that I'm about to see?
because it's not just me as a pastor, but it's all of us as believers who at some point during the course of a day or a week are going to come into contact with someone who's going to need hope. Someone who's been awaiting hope. And believe it or not, it's not the sole responsibility of those who've been called to vocational ministry to have hope for them. But God so loved the world that he gave. And when Jesus left, he told us all to go and be the hope the world needs. So I don't know what you wrestle with today. I don't know what might be coming after the hope you have. But I would say to you this morning, fight with all that's in you against the absence of hope. And you fight that by reminding yourself at every juncture that the glory of God has already been revealed. And he has a name. His name is Jesus. And because he came, it doesn't matter what it looks like now. Because my hope is not built on the current occupant of any state house or any other governmental entity. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. His righteousness. And with that as my truth, with that as our truth, we can now go into the world and be the hope it so desperately seeks. Won't you pray with me? Father, it is in the name of that is above every name, in the name of your Son, Jesus, that we now come and pray. Lord, we would be remiss if we tried to say that there aren't seasons in our lives where we look and wonder, is the sun ever going to shine again? That there aren't circumstances that we find ourselves in that make us wonder, have you forgotten our address or our name? But Lord, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, it doesn't matter what it looks like now. Whatever suffering we must endure pales in comparison to the glory that will be revealed in us. But even that glory, that hope we have is not for us alone because all of creation is groaning, waiting, hoping that you will create in us what the world needs to see from us. So help those right now who are battling in a circumstance or a situation, help them right now, God, by encouraging them by your spirit. That with the same encouragement with which we have been encouraged by you, we can now encourage someone else. This we pray in Christ's name. Let everyone say, Amen.
as we continue in worship, let's lift our voices together and sing as the ushers come forward to receive our tithes and offerings.
temptation comes my way. Cause I cannot stand upon shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.